Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Deep Dodge Ram Hotline and get Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, what's going on, man? Not so much, G. I just got done, you know, getting my out in. I'm feeling like the Incredible Hulk now. <laughs> see, listen, you. I told. I always said when I see you, I always tell you, bro. Listen, you. You know you've moved from uh, a corner to a in the box safety to now you might be outside linebacker with a few more incline presses. Well, listen, G, listen, the linebacker room at, for the Browns is getting thin. So, you know, if they ever <laughs> get desperate, you know, I got to be ready because, you know, I'm ready to put it on the line for Cleveland. <laughs> I, you know, I, before we get into the Browns, the great thing about it is, you know, you, you, you're a Buckeye too. What do you make of the realignment? you got the Buckeyes again, ski masking some of the, de- the, the defunct Pac-12 and it's just looking bad out there for them in the West Coast. Uh, uh, Oregon and Washington potentially coming to the Big Ten. What are your thoughts with that? Well, it ain't. Listen, the Big Ten was the one that started the initial blow. You know, when they got USC and UCLA, Ooh. you know, it, it, it started everything. It was just a domino effect. And then once Colorado joined the Big 12 and Arizona got to the Big 12, it was like, you know what? We might as well because the reason being is because it's really becoming Fox versus ESPN. You know, Fox has got all the Big Ten and ESPN got the SEC. And to think like a school like Rutgers or Indiana, Illinois, Purdue, no offense to those schools, but they're going to make more money than Oregon would have if they stayed in the Pac-12. They would make more money in 10 years than Florida State. So you can see why these schools is upset and like, well, let me go ahead and try to get to this big money since they're giving the money out over there. So I think that has a lot to do with why these realignments is happening. Well, look, look I, you know, I, I expect you know, to me, uh, are you a traditionalist? Because, uh, I mean, you played for Ohio State. A lot of people talk about, you know, I, I just like the, the traditional matchups where you do see the Midwest teams playing each other. But. I've always looked at it from a perspective of a guy that played in the MAC. You know, I looked at it like that was big time, like for a situation of who you playing. Like it, to me, if you're a Big Ten team, you always supposed to be scheduling a top five team over here from the West Coast or a top five SEC school. We looking for them type matchups. Do you think this could hurt some of the traditional matchups uh, in the Midwest and even out west when it comes to to realignment? Um, I think that the Big Ten is going to have to do a good job of, you know, they came out with this Big Ten Flex Plus package, you know, where they protected these rivalry games. I think they're going to have to realign them and readjust those 
you know, to try to keep some of them favorable matchups, you know, like the team up north versus Ohio State or stuff like that. So I think the Big Ten has to do a good job of making sure that these, that some of these rivalries are protected and they make sure that they're scheduling good games. You know, it, it's crazy that if they're going to add all of these teams to the to the Big Ten, and they, I think they got to get rid of, you know, trying to go up against the Youngstown States or yeah. the Western Kentucky and stuff like that. Like, you got to play more conference games. So maybe you instead of playing nine, you play ten conference games, and then those two out-of-conference games, maybe you schedule the MAC, or maybe you schedule the Big 12 or the ACC or the SEC. But I think it's about if people want to see these matchups and you want to get these TVs ratings up, you know, these people are not going to keep paying all of these money to, to, to host these games if they're not getting good games for people to watch. So I think that now if the, if the TV money is what it's all about, then it's about scheduling favorable matchups that people are going to tune into. I, let, let's transition. Uh, good stuff on the Buckeyes. Let's transition over to the Browns Hall of Fame game. Browns win 21-16. I've been talking a little bit uh, about just, you know, how the angle that, yes, uh, these games aren't going to be, you know, they're, they're going to have a really big – you know, big picture, you know, effect on the rest of the season. But when you look at the, the um, you know, the micro, uh, you look at the small, you know, say individuals that, that looking to make a, a roster, um, you're a guy that, that was a guy that, you know, definitely were in, in that arena where these games are very important because guys like you made the made rosters based on what they did in those first games. Um, you know, I said it like this. Somebody that was playing on that field yesterday is going to make a play for you. Somebody on that field yesterday is going to actually, you know, do something to cause an outcome of a game to go a, a good or bad. So your thoughts on, on you know, just what preseason is and how coaches look at it from a standpoint of developing depth from the threes and the fours and so forth. Yeah, so when I looked at the Hall of Fame game, obviously, you know, none of the starters was playing, which is fine. You know, I get it. You know, you get one extra preseason game, you want to keep their, those guys fresh. But when you watch these games, you're right. It's about watching the, the, the rookies and watching the younger guys and the guys that's fighting to make this roster. You know, one of these, you know, special teams is always going to be a thing that a lot of these guys are going to have to take seriously. And, you know, I thought a guy like Demetrius Felton, we kind of forgot about his return ability because, you know, DPJ last year was the, was the punt returner. And, you know, obviously he had a nice little house call last year and stuff like that. But it was nice to see Demetrius back out there because he still looks elusive. He's still able to make plays. You know, that running back three position was something that was in question. And I think he did a good job of trying to solidify that he is the guy that can play that role. You know, John Kelly came out there, had a good game. John Kelly's been a guy that's been around for with the Browns for years. And it was nice to see him pop things off and still show that he still, you know, deserves to be either on the roster or on practice squad or still be around this team. Um, it was nice to finally see Kellen Mond. Last year, Kellen Mond was on the 53-man roster for dang near the whole year, but he was a healthy scratch. Nobody got a chance to see what Kellen Mond was or why the Browns chose to keep this guy around. So it was nice to see him go out there and, you know, throw the ball around and, you know, everybody has their judgments on him. So I think that, you know, when I look at these preseason games, I like to see these young guys come out there and try to make these plays because you're right. Dewan Jones, for example, you know, a guy who was drafted in the fourth round, you know, this guy goes out there and he plays the whole game at right tackle. And I thought that he did a, a really good job. It was nice to see him hold it down. You know, you, you, you kind of question how did this guy slip to the fourth round? 
Well, you know, obviously he has some off-the-field things that, you know, teams were concerned about. So it was nice to see him get after and get things done. Um, I was overall impressed. You know, the thing that I took away the most was that the culture is kind of shifting on this team. You know, last they were they went down. You know, these guys, Kevin Stefanski comes out, takes it straight down the field. They miss a field goal, and that really is a momentum shifter. Kellen Munn turns the ball over. Anthony Schwartz fumbles the ball, and they go down 13 nothing. But these guys kept continued to fight. You know, they continued to scratch and claw and come back. And that defense, I thought, played solid all night. Yeah, they gave up some points, but if you look at how they gave up the points, it was always to the short side. It was a short field that these guys, that the Jets had to go to score. So I ultimately, I was impressed that these guys fighting, scratching, and clawing. They played to the fourth quarter is over. You need four quarters of defense, and I think they showed that. And DTR is a, definitely a spark plug. I won't get too excited about it though, because we got to keep in mind that he was going against the threes. If he does this against the twos or the ones, then you know that's something to be excited about. But for a guy's first game to come out there, look that comfortable, slinging the rock having some zip on his ball, throwing touchdowns, making plays with his legs. He's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, talking to Tyvis Powell on the North Oaks at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, of course, he's with the Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Um, you can catch him after every single Browns game uh, on the postgame show. You know, Tyvis, I, I look at it, and when you talk about, um, you know, one of the guys we talk about DBs, obviously your former defensive back yourself, I, I like the way Cam Mitchell was playing the football. I, I remember, you know, on another platform, you were breaking it down in terms of what he can do uh, and, and just making athletic plays. I think, you know, you broke down a play where he was able to blitz on Justin Field, making an athletic tackle. Um, and he, he, has, he has some nice closing speed. You know, what did you see out there from, you know, the secondary? Uh, and and in terms of the defense, when you talk, look at the wide alignment, I thought, it just kind of looked like guys were in much more upfield. Guys were much more actually collapsed in the pocket. Guys looked like he, you know, they had to throw the ball from different platforms because it was getting kind of stuffy back there. What was your thoughts on on what you saw of a vanilla type, you know, defense of, of uh, you know Jim Schwartz? Well, I'm gonna start with Cam Mitchell. You know, Cam Mitchell to me, he looks like a guy that is comfortable playing the slide. You know, last year. Now, no offense to Greg Newsom, but, you know, he played outside and they kind of forced him in that slot role. With Cam Mitchell, it's a guy who looks like he's played slot a lot in his career, and he just knew what to do. I, I especially liked his play at the end of the game, you know, where he tries to undercut a ball, and I think he gets the PBU in a fourth down where these guys are trying to go down and score to, to try to potentially win the game. So I definitely like Cam Mitchell. You can tell he is an athletic guy. I think that he will be in that slot probably backing up Greg Newsom for the season. If not, then something went terribly wrong. <laughs> uh, as far as the defense goes from overall, I think you're right. I did like the wide nine alignment you know you didn't see a lot of the run game you know these guys actually did a good job of closing up the holes you know Siaka Ika the the guy we drafted you know he showed why he's 300 pounds oh, yeah. he was able to create piles you know get some pushback and that was the big thing for me that's one thing that I've seen that we didn't see a lot last year these guys got some knockback on that defensive line so you can tell that it's been overemphasized of being aggressive and knowing what you have to do to get up the field to stop the run and I didn't see a lot of zones I think that's what that wide nine stops. It stops a lot of that outside running. If these DNs get up the field and puts a stop sign on these running backs, they have no choice to cut it back. 
think these linebackers did a good job flying around. You know, Charlie Tillman did a good job of coming in there at the end, forcing a fumble at the end of the game, showing his physicality. And that's the things that you got to do to try to make this roster, especially at the linebacker position, because I know that right there is a major concern. But I thought these guys did a good job of tackling, especially for a team that hasn't just spent a lot of time tackling, you know, during camp because they want to keep people fresh. But I thought that they came up tackled very well as a team. And like I said, I love the fact that they played hard for four quarters. Uh, last question before we get you out of here, Tyvis. Uh, when you look at, you know, the, the, the game coming up here against the um, Washington Commanders, um, how do you see the reps uh, playing out? How do you, you know, do you see – uh, do you expect to see guy, more guys like Jerome Ford? Will you see a guy like an Elijah Moore? Um, and, and specifically, what preseason game do you think you see Deshaun Watson? Well, I think we definitely see Deshaun Watson next game for sure. I don't think we'll see a lot of them. Um, but from what I'm hearing is that we're going to see the starters next game. Won't see them that much in the third, but we'll see them again in the fourth game, which is kind of unusual, but I understand, you know, why they're doing that. You know, usually starters play the first two, and then they kind of leave it for the young guys for that last game. But I think with the given the schedule that they have and given the teams that they play in the first half of the season or before that bye week, I think you got to make sure that these guys are fresh and ready to go. So I think that's why they're playing in the fourth game as well. But um, I'm expecting to see nothing less than what I've seen from our starters. I mean, our starters were able to go down the field and make plays, you know, especially defensively. If our starters can't bring that same energy and same intensity as these young guys, then that's a major problem for concern because I think that it's the older guys that set the culture for the young guys. You wonder why these young guys continue to fight and play as hard as they did. Yeah, they're trying to make a roster, but it's because these veterans are holding them accountable. You know, when you come to a team, you don't know what to expect. And it's up to these older guys to set how we're going to play here. If you want to control a rookie, you set the tone, you know, and practice every day. You, you don't let nothing slide. You, you, you stay and hold these guys accountable. And I think that we finally are seeing a Browns team that's doing that. Now, I think especially because Jim Schwartz is there, I know the type of guy that he is. I understand that he's definitely holding his guys accountable. And there is trickling down to these younger guys. So when this offense comes out, I don't think we'll see a lot because, like I said, you don't want to show a lot in the preseason. You just want to see guys make plays. Make sure you see these guys win their one-on-one battles. You know, it's going to be a, it's a big season for a lot of guys. DPJ, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. It's a lot of guys out here on this offense. Elijah Moore, Deshaun. It's a lot of guys on the offense that need a big season and need to have a very productive season. So I think for us, as a fan, you just want to see them have that chemistry out there because we've been seeing a lot of hype videos and hearing a lot of talk about training camp and about mini camp. I think it's time to put it on tape so people can see it live and see it in a game atmosphere. And if they do that, I think this Browns is roster is talented, as we always said. And if this defense can, continues to get better plays and finds a way to stop that run game, I think that this Browns team can be very special and can be one of those dark horse teams. Hey, Tyvis, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to come on with me. We will talk to you soon. No problem. Go Browns. Go Bucks. All right. Tyvis Powell in the North Rumsted 
Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.